The Bo Show. Many businesses all around the world are joining together and protesting recent anti-gay legislation signed into law by President Vladimir Putin in Russia. How are they doing this? Bars are banning booze. Bars, lounges, and clubs all around the U.S., big cities like Chicago, San Francisco, West Hollywood, and New York are refusing to sell certain kinds of vodka. Not everyone thinks this is a great idea. They say there's better ways to do this. Joining us is owner of Pint. It's a popular bar in Jersey City, New Jersey, and he's a skeptic of the protest, Wolf Sterling. Wolf, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, how are you guys today? I'm doing good. I, I was out drinking last night, but not. I wasn't having vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have some strong feelings to this, so uh, why don't you support this ban on Russian-produced vodka when a lot of other bars do? Well, I think to start off, you have to be clear on what the objective is. If the objective is simply to make a symbolic protest, then maybe it's a useful thing. But if your objective is to actually change policy in Russia, I don't think it's useful. Eighty percent of Russia's exports are mostly oil. They now exceed Saudi Arabian exports, timber, and military supplies. And only seven percent of Russia's exports come to the United States. Almost all of that's oil. So if you really want to hit Russia in the pocketbook, you got to stop using oil. The vodka thing doesn't do anything, and I don't see President Putin and the Duma saying, oh, we're going to change our policy because Stoli, which is only marginally a Russian brand, is not being consumed in a few gay bars in the United States. I just don't see it as an effective proposition. You say that if it is just a symbolic gesture, then maybe it's okay. So can you explain a little more of what you think about that? Well, I'm of a couple minds. You know, sometimes... We don't have the power to change things. There are certain things in the world that just are. And so sometimes taking a stand and saying, I want to make this gesture, I know it's not going to change anything, but it makes me feel like I'm not being silent, I can understand that. And I can understand why some people would do that. For me as an individual, I want to take actions that actually have an impact. And the truth is, I think we have very little power to change what's going on in Russia, except our government. Our government has a great deal of power, and if I were to try and make a protest or a movement that was actually going to help people in, in Russia, the LGBT people in Russia, I would be pressuring our government. And that's a hard thing to do, because the vodka ban's easy. I say, oh, I'm not going to drink vodka, so I'll drink something else instead. I haven't really given anything up. Trying to pressure our government, that takes work, that takes grassroots effort. And I think the Stoli boycott is doing something by doing nothing. It's really an easy thing. And I don't think easy things have ever been the way our gay movement moved forward. You're talking about pressuring our government. Do you think that there are tangible things that people can do to make that happen? Well, no, I think there are. And let me back up and make two important points. Number one, our movement has been founded on fierce gays and lesbians who went out and made real personal sacrifices to get where we are today. People who put their lives, their jobs on the line to get where we are today. And we wouldn't be here if it weren't for gays who are willing to step out and say, I'm willing to lose my job, my family, sometimes even their lives, in order to win gay rights. So young gays today, when they sit back and can enjoy a drink at a bar without the police hauling them away, that happens because gays were fierce and willing to give things up. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of our movement we have to embrace. Well, um, I read an article... I don't remember how long ago it was in the New York Times, and it was saying different things that we can do. And one of the number one things it said in the article is people here in the United States who are against what's happening in Russia need to protest. And so few people are ready to go out and hit the streets and do that. F 
fear of losing jobs or, you know, being viewed a certain way. And I was actually thinking to myself, well, what could I potentially do? Can, do I have the nerve to go out because I've never protested before? But then there are other ways, too. There was a link or something to Amnesty International where you could sign a petition of sorts that could be sent out to Russia and just to say to President Putin that we do not support this. But I always think that signing a petition doesn't go very far either. But it's at least a good way to somewhat be active. I think, you know, there are a lot of traditional ways that we dismiss that could be very useful. A lot of people have never, ever written a letter to their senator or congressperson. And, you know, if you get a large number of people doing that, you don't have to be out in the street with a sign to do it. For example, I'm in New Jersey. The representatives in New Jersey are fairly accessible. You can call their office. You can call them once a day, every day. It takes five minutes to do. And you pressure them. And sometimes change takes a long time and a lot of work. And that doesn't require you to put your job on the line. It's something that you can do. One of the things that you can do, too, there could be a movement to say gay people, hey, we're going to stop driving less. We're going to take a pledge to cut our gas usage by 10%. That might also be a bit symbolic, but at least it's hitting them where their money is. And I think there's another important point that gets lost in this, this Russian thing. You know, sub-Saharan Africa, for a decade or more, has run a campaign against gay people that far exceeds what Russia has done. Uganda is like the trademark for anti-gay stuff, but we haven't heard very much about that. It's certainly not reached the fervor that Russia has. And I think one of the things the gay community can reflect on here is where gays in sub-Saharan Africa treated as, oh, that's just kind of the way it is. Well, they're foaming at the mouth over Russia. And I think there's a little bit of racism that we don't talk about in our own community. And there are things that we need to do for gays around the world, not just Russia. We need to have a discussion about human rights around the world and not just focus on one country. You're bringing up so many big things that it's like <laughs> that unconscious racism that we have that, I mean, that's exactly why we don't talk about Africa and Uganda. I think this is one of the challenges that gay people have is a lot of times we see one area and we want to focus our efforts there and fix it. And we don't always have the power to fix that particular area. I think what we need to do is have a concerted effort over time through all of our organizations to pressure our government to be a hallmark for the world in terms of human rights. And that's a struggle. It's not pretty. It doesn't fit well in a PR campaign, but it's where we need to be. And I think if we look back at our leaders from Martin Luther King to Harvey Milk, those people were really pushing for human rights that weren't specific to LGBT people. I know this is very vague and very difficult, but that's where I really want to see the gay rights movement go. Wolf, I think you're right. It's about basic human rights and that whole saying, we're not free until everyone's equal. Everyone deserves equal rights. You're exactly right. So if I go back to the original question that was posed is what can we do for Russia? I think in reality, we don't have a lot of power specifically to influence this thing in Russia. But what we do have is power to force our government to start standing up. For example, there's been a lot of hubbub about the Olympic Committee saying that our athletes can't make any political statements when they go to the Olympics. Why isn't our Olympic Committee standing up for the athletes who are gay and lesbian just like they would anyone else? We should be applying pressure to them and saying, look, if our athletes go to the Olympics and they want to wear a rainbow flag on their uniform, you better be backing them up. We should have the State Department lined up to say, if our athletes get arrested when they go to Russia, if we go to Russia, you better be backing them up. We should have President Obama talking about it. Those are things we can do that, again, require work. They require effort. They're not going to be just changing from stoli to absolute, but they're going to be more meaningful in the long term. And it's what I would encourage gays of any stripe to be doing right now. 
This went so much further than I thought it would, and I'm so <laughs> glad. No, honestly, I am so glad you came on the show because there is such a wealth of information and knowledge that you provided that I was not anticipating. Well, let me ask you, Wolf. At your bar, are you out at the bar like talking to people all the time? Because I'm coming to your bar if you are, because <laughs> I want to continue this conversation. Well, absolutely. Well, first of all, one of the things that I've done with my bar that I'm very proud of is a lot of people come to me and say, is this a gay bar? And I've often argued that label is not helpful anymore. I like to say I'm fully inclusive. I market to the gay community. I love my gay patrons. But straight people sometimes come in my bar because we have amazing beer. And some of the most important conversations we have is when a straight guy sits down for a beer next to two gay guys and suddenly they're talking. And that straight guy's image of what gay men, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, oh my God, this isn't what I expected gay men to be like. That's how we change the world. Mm -hmm. And so my role is to create a place, the world I want to see, where it doesn't really matter who I sleep with. It matters whether you're a nice guy and I want to sit down and have a drink next to you. When I die, if I can leave a place behind me where people can sit down and have a drink and not even have to think about who they're sleeping with, then I'll have then I'll have done something I feel is worthwhile in my life. I love it. It doesn't matter who I sleep with. It matters who I drink with. <laughs> that sounds like a, a mantra I can live with. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us today, and we will come out to Pint and have a drink with you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for inviting me. Sure, okay. of course. The Bo Show.